Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about building your house. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is the 5th of November, 2022. Give a shout out to my sister who just had her 40th birthday this past weekend. I love you and I pray you have a fantastic year. Now this tour portion this week is called Vayishlach, which means and he sent. You'll find it in Genesis chapter 32 verse 4 to chapter 36 verse 43. There's quite a bit of meat in this one. And the half tour portion is Obadiah chapter 1 verse 1 through 21. And the Brit Hadashah is 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 1 through 13. So really great verses of the Bible. I know I say that pretty much every week, but it is, it's a, there, it's some very good reading. And honestly, I was so tired yesterday and I was reading the first couple chapters and then I switched off my husband and I, you know, read the Torah portion together and I actually was having him read and it was a part where he's reading the different names and things. And these are all very important, but I was so tired that I actually fell asleep, asleep and I started snoring. And for those of you that know me, that means I'm really, really tired because I don't normally do that. So um, <laughs> it was kind of funny because he woke me up. He's like, babe, are you are you listening? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you were snoring. I was like, I'm so sorry. But anyways, we all have those moments, right? So today I'm going to be talking about building your house. And for those of you who don't know, we are kind of in limbo at the moment, waiting for our house to be renovated. We did get new countertops, but we are waiting for a lot of other things to be done. We refinanced our home this past summer and using that money to be able to upgrade our home so that it's actually worth what they say it's worth so that maybe in a few years we will move and live a little bit closer to our congregation. But I actually was going to a webinar conference this uh, past weekend. And it was done by a Facebook group called The Portion. For those of you who are women who are messianic and maybe you're just looking to learn more, that would be a really good place to start. I actually think that I might actually take the plunge and become an actual member. They have a lot of free stuff too, which is including this particular... uh, what is it called? Uh, the webinar that I went to this past weekend and it was really, really good. Uh, I enjoyed being part of it and being able to learn, uh, especially it's good to learn from people that you don't see necessarily on a regular basis and they have different perspectives. And I think that that's a really good thing to do. The webinar was called a wise woman builds her house which is why my podcast is called Building Your House. It's so important for everyone to have a firm foundation, which of course is where we're going to go into the Bible. As you know, I like to read my Tree of Life version. And the first, we're going to be reading a lot out of the Bible today. I know that sometimes I kind of skimp on that. I really shouldn't, but today we're definitely going to be making up for that fact. So if you have your own Bible, I want to turn to Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 to 27. 
For those of you who are very well versed in your Bible, you know exactly what I'm going to be reading about. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And yet it did not fall for its foundation had been built on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was its fall. So that was Yeshua giving kind of a parable. We need to build our house on firm foundation. And that firm foundation is Yeshua. It's Adonai. It's the Ruach HaKodesh. And in doing so, we're also building it on things like the Bible. Why? Because that is the word of God. And sometimes I think we kind of get away from that. One of the quotes I I wrote here and I was reading it over and I'm thinking, I'm not sure I understand this. Maybe I didn't get it in context, but it says your heart reveals your authority. Who is on the throne of your life? You or the creator? And for me, because I come from a place of having control issues, my thought process is, am I going about this the wrong way when it comes to my life? Am I the one taking the reins and saying, no, Lord, I've got this. Only when I have a a situation, am I going to give you the reins of my life, the control of my life? And that's not right, right? Because I'm I'm putting my foundation, I'm believing in myself over it over Adonai, my creator. And you know, we every day we have a spiritual battle between our flesh and our spirit. And we think it's the battle between our mind and our hearts, but there are a lot of verses that talk about this, and, and we're actually gonna go through quite a few of them. First, we're going to go to James chapter four, verses seven through eight, which says, therefore submit to God, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners and purify your hearts, you double minded. So in this one, they do talk about your heart and your mind. And I think this is really important. One of the things that the woman who is doing the first little bit Um, of the webinar was talking about how, you know, we think of the devil as Hasatan, which is absolutely apropos, but sometimes the devil can also be ourselves, right? Our own fleshly desires that we want instead of actually trusting in Adonai and knowing that he knows that what's best for us. Sometimes we want what we want, right? And I think that we can really easily stray from what it is that Adonai wants for our lives, when we had that kind of mentality. We're going to head over to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, which says, But from there you will seek Adonai your God, and you will find him, when you seek him with all your heart and with all of your soul. So it's kind of like a guidebook, right? Like this is what you need to do in order to faithfully follow Adonai and live the life that he wants us to be living. Then we go over to Deuteronomy 8 verse 17. It says, You may say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has made me this wealth. 
I'm going to read on to chap, uh, verse 18. Rather, you are to remember Adonai your God, for it is he who gives you power to make wealth in order to establish his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So, so often we think that we have gone to the places that we are. We've accomplished these things in our own power. And the reality is we haven't done anything in our own power. It was by the grace of Adonai that we are where we're at today. And it's by the grace of God that we can look forward each and every single day. Deuteronomy 10 verse 16 says, Circumcise the foreskin of your heart, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked anymore. So how often are we stiff-necked as a people, as human beings, where we think we know what's right? You know, we we do what's right in our own eyes, right? We don't actually think about Adonai and what it is that he wants for us in our lives. I'm trying to think. I have so many. You should actually see my uh, Bible right now. I have like, <laughs> I don't know, 10 tabs on there just so I can grab the different uh, words. Like I can easily obviously look this up or I could have written it down, but I really like to get to and hold on to the word in my hand when at all possible. And I think that goes down to learning how to meditate on the word and how it's not such something that you just inherently know. It's something that you can be taught. Like in Psalms 86 verse 11, it says, teach me your way Adonai that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart to fear your name. And how are we taught? By reading his word, right? By digging into the word, by speaking to him, by talking to him, by praying to him, by thanking him, by glorifying him, by praising his name. And by doing those things, our heart becomes less divided because we're walking in his truth. Because we cannot walk in truth, in Adonai's truth, which is the, the ultimate truth, the one and only truth that matters, and walk with an undivided heart. But we must be guarded, which is where we go over to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3. Let kindness and truth never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. You know, like we, we do the Shema twice a day. My husband and I do. And it part, it, this goes right back to that. It's funny because it's like basically right out of um, the Shema where it talks about bind them on your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. You know, you should write them as frontless upon your eyes. You know, but anyway, so then you can also go to Proverbs 4 verse 23 which says guard your heart diligently for from it flow the springs of life. If we're not guarding our heart, we're allowing things to enter into our hearts that can actually end up crumbling our foundation and can deceive you, which is where you go back to Jeremiah 17.9. We all know this verse. I'm pretty sure the heart is deceitful above all things and incurable. Who can know it? And we know the answer to that. Yeshua, you know, Adonai is the only one who can know it. Adonai knows how deceitful our heart is. That's why we have Yeshua to intercede on our behalf or else we'd never be able to be face to face to, to Adonai. We need to be able to renew our mind when there are times where we have maybe backslidden or we've become complacent or comfortable 
or we're just in a rut, you know? And that's where we go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So instead of allowing things by guarding your heart, you're not guarding your heart. You're allowing things into your heart and your mind and your, your spirit that are not of Adonai crumbling your foundation. And this specifically says Romans 12 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Wisdom is so important and you can go to, uh, I don't know if it's first or second Kings off the top of my head, but you can go there and find out, you know, read about Solomon and how he prayed for wisdom. But wisdom is an inherent gift. It's, it's one of those small gifts that he gives each and every one of us. We're the ones who have to choose how to use it. Now, are we going to be as wise as Solomon? Probably not. But let's be fair. What happened with Solomon? He wasn't, he didn't choose to use that wisdom that God gifted him with his whole life. Or else his entire reign would have been God-centered. But because he chose to listen to his wives, his many, many, many wives, it crumbled his foundation. And in doing so, his house fell down, right? Your mind can only choose differently when it is taught differently. So sometimes we have to choose to reteach ourselves. And as believers, you know, if you're not even raised necessarily in um, the saving grace of Yeshua and Adonai, knowing these things, knowing about the kingdom, but you come to knowledge later on, what do you have to do? You have to teach yourself and choose to turn your back on what your fleshly desires are and focus on what it is that Yeshua has in store for you, right? Who is the architect of our inner spiritual life? Is it yourself? Is it your husband? Is it your children? Is it the people you surround yourselves with? Is it what you're watching on TV? Is it what you're listening to on the radio? It could be a lot of different things. Wisdom is useless if it doesn't actually bring about change. I'm going to repeat that because it's really good. Wisdom is useless if it doesn't actually bring about change, which is exactly what I was talking about, right? And um, this, by the way, I want to give full credit to the woman who actually kind of talked about this. A wise woman built her house and the first person, uh, it was called, I believe, I believe the woman is, I, <laughs> don't quote me on this, it's Keisha Gallagher. Becoming a master architect is what her title of her talk was. And this is where I took a lot of notes and, and just grabbed a lot of things that she wrote. And that was one of the things. Wisdom is useless if it doesn't actually bring about change. And it's absolutely true. You can be wise beyond measure, but if you don't use your wisdom, it's useless. All right, Proverbs. I believe I'm going back to Proverbs. Man, you should really see just my, <laughs> my Bible. Okay, Proverbs 8, chapter 8, verses 22 to 31. 
the title of this section in my Bible says wisdom before creation. It says Adonai brought me forth the first of his way before his works of old from eternity. I was appointed from the beginning before the world began when there were no depths. I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water before the mountains were shaped before the hills. I was brought forth. He had not yet made the land, the fields or the first dust of the earth. When he set the heavens in place, I was there. When he inscribed the horizon on the face of the ocean, when he established the skies above, when he securely fixed the fountains of the deep, when he set the boundaries for the sea so that the waters never transgress his command, when he laid out earth's foundations, then I was the craftsman beside him. I was his daily delight, always rejoicing before him, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now in Hebrew, the word Amon means architect. And then you go back to another word that's very similar to that, which is Amon, A-M-A-N which means properly to build up or support, to be firm or faithful, and to trust or believe. Then the root word is amen, A-M-E-N, which means verily, truly, amen, or so be it. I think it's so interesting that all those words come together. In fact, the very first letter of the Bible is an enlarged bet. Adonai's will from the beginning has been to enlarge, to expand, and to build his house. Now, when we are called to work with the master builder, Adonai, and to be one of his contractors, if you will, in his kingdom... Adonai will provide what we need, like the detailed materials and the construction and the blueprints of what it is that we are called to do. But then we are, we are called to give that building that he has given us to build his kingdom. We are to give it attentive maintenance and manage it well. And then we are to be faithful servants to him. And this is also how we build or rebuild our own bodies, you know, our mind or our heart, our families and assemblies. The house must be carefully maintained, repaired, cleaned out. And sometimes you might just need to tear it down and start all over. You know, this, this particular, I think maybe it resonated with me so much is because we are dealing with this whole renovation thing and I'm, we, we did get our flooring guy to come and actually put flooring down for our new, um, for our laundry room simply because, and it was, you know, he, thank, thank goodness he actually did come. He's a, he's a believer. He's a really great guy. Really nice. Um, he's actually my daughter's friend's father. He does this for a living and he was able to come out because last week our washer and our dryer died. And I was like, okay, like, well, just our dryer, I should say. We sold our washer because you really don't want to buy just one thing because it was about 15 years old. It was how old our washer and dryer was. And 
it was so old that our washer and dryer had actually been discontinued. So if something were to die on it, we'd be out, you know, a lot of money. So we just decided to go ahead, bite the bullet, sell the washer, let them take the, the dead dryer, got a new washer and dryer, which did not come until Friday, this Friday, this past Friday. So we were without a washer and dryer for, you know, a week, week and a half. And, um, I was like, you know what? This would really be a good opportunity for him to rip out the old flooring and put down the new flooring before the washer and dryer come. So we have to mess with it. But in, in trying to get him to do that, I'm like, oh man, we really should paint in here too, because I don't really feel like pulling out the washer and dryer to paint. So I decided to take it upon myself to, and this is, I'm literally myself, nobody else in the family to paint one, because my husband, he absolutely hates painting. And I mean, he hates it. He does not like it at all any shape or form. He's just not artistically inclined in that area. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint. I enjoy painting. So I, all I did is I painted the walls that would touch the washer and the dryer had to try and paint behind a water heater, which was super fun. And, um, then I also took out, before I did that, I took out all of the wire shelving that I had in there. Cause I was like, I really don't want that when it, we come in and put in a new washer dryer. I'd really like to just have cabinets in there. So we don't have to see everything that's on the shelves. So I took all those down, painted, you know, spackled, you know, sandpaper painted. And then uh, trying to put up the cabinets was really hard because there's like next to no studs in the wall. So I'm thinking, man, who was the builder of this house who decided that there shouldn't be any studs in like a two or three foot wide span of a wall like that just doesn't make sense to me and doesn't seem to be built very well however thankfully it's just the laundry room don't have to worry too much about it so had to figure out a creative way of getting these cabinets up there so that they don't fall on our heads when they have items in them so thank goodness there are things called anchors funny that it's called that right there's an anchor you put into the wall to keep it so that the screw stays in and doesn't fall out and there and having the cabinets fall on your head so that's the foundation of putting up the cabinets. So I did that all on my own. I did have help of my husband initially, which we realized we couldn't do it the way we wanted to. The next day, my son was around, uh, my 20 year old son. And, and I was so glad he was, cause he was able to at least hold up the cabinets for me so I could put it on there. We had it on a ledge and, um, got it all done. We had made so many holes in the wall. I had to spackle again, sandpaper down, repaint that portion of the wall. And then I also got the washer and dryer all set up while the rest of my family was gone. Cause I wanted to just get it done, get it situated. The guy had already put the flooring in. He does need to put, um, not the baseboard, but something else around the wall so that you can't see the sides of the, where the flooring is, but next and you're almost done. I'm so grateful. We basically got the, the laundry room done. But as me just learning, this is literally the smallest room in our house. Like you can almost turn around in it. It's it, there's barely any room, but I'm so thankful because it's inside the house versus the garage or we just don't even have a washer and a dryer um area. So, I'm just so thankful. And I'm thinking, man, I'm doing this tiny little room and I am exhausted. I can't imagine a builder actually having to lay down the foundation and put out all the electrical work and the plumbing and put down the framework and get the drywall up and everything else that entails building a home. I think a lot of times we take it for granted. We just enjoy living in the houses we live in. 
But I think when you do take up a project, even as tiny as the one I was doing, you, you start having an appreciation for people who are skilled in that area. I'm not super skilled in that area, but I'm so thankful for people who are able to build uh, homes for us all to live in and other things as well. And I'm so thankful for the master architect of each and every one of our lives, Adonai. And I'm so thankful for what he has given me, what he's blessed me with. And I pray that you just take some time to just reflect, no matter how terrible your life is, to be thanking Adonai for the f- anything that you can possibly be grateful for and, and try to see it from his perspective of how he is trying to build us to further his kingdom and glorify him. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction which you can find in chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I pray that you all have a fantastic week. Remember to be thankful and to look around you and see what are the man-made builders and how much greater the creation that Adonai has created for us. And how that's all around us, even encompassing what was man-made. I hopefully will have you tune in again next week. And Shavua Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com Or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, Amazon Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.